0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with rising artists. And we, as we all, as always, we have a great show for you today. Um, got a little unique one. I'll let her explain how she's unique, um, but you're going to get a treat out of her. <laughs> but Catherine, are you here?
1: Hey, how are you, Chris?
0: I'm doing good. Like I said, you're very unique. I I remember first time hearing your video, and I was like, I was li- waiting for you to pop up in the video, and I'm like, I know it's not that one. And sure enough, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, call me, you
1: call me unique, so I'm scared of that word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good thing, though, because you know, that's one thing that we love about our show is really... Te- you know, we've interviewed, you're the 28th person this year. And I would say every single person has got their uniqueness in some way. Uh, uh,
1: well, one, uh, for one, congratulations on, on hitting that milestone, too. That, that's awesome. That, And I've, I've listened to some of the, the interviews you had. And the funny thing about it is um, that Jill uh, from Publicity Nation was on, and I was kind of, I, I missed the interview, and I was looking on there, and I had actually never <laughs> heard of it and i clicked on her page her facebook page and guess what now i'm a client of hers
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's awesome boy she did you listen to her interview
1: no i didn't get to i didn't get to and i was going to go back you, you should to you it. should go and, back yeah. uh, you yeah, should was, definitely was, go was, back well, because actually, I'll, say, I'll actually say there were snippets of it i listened to cuz i was at work but uh mm-hmm. it was funny that i told her that by way of you being on that show is how I found her to become her client. So I thought that was pretty cool how that connection happened.
0: Yeah, because she, she was ruthless on the show. I, I loved it because, again,
1: we, because we talk, we the story. We talked for about an hour, and and she told oh me, wow. she goes, I didn't realize that we were live. That's what she told me. And she goes, I was going <laughs> at <it." laughs>
0: Oh, and she was And my, my Wednesday show Which is called State of the Music Business That's really the goal Of that show To bring executives on On the business side of music To just share their heart About where they see music going Where it is And I want them To get like ruthless And say, you know what? This is just wrong
1: Yeah, yeah You know, I mean we, we get on these platforms about certain things, and I know sometimes people get tired of hearing about um, the airplay with uh, uh, country music with women, And but, I mean, it's, it's a fact. I mean, it's just a fact that um, you yep. don't get the, the same spins, and, I mean, I'm not going to get on a, a grandstand about it, but, I mean, it's true, and, I mean, it's the, the music industry is very hard. And it, it's harder for women. So, I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to yep. start some big uh, movement about it, but I'm, it, it's just <laughs> true. I mean, some people don't like to talk about those very things. And, I mean, it's, just, it's a statement. I mean, it's, it's a true statement.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we'll get into a little bit of that, too. That's part of my little questions. But before we could really get started, tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, tell us um, some of your hobbies outside of music, just, just some of the fluff, fluff stuff.
1: Um, fluff, fluff stuff. I I grew up in a a small town, a little river town called Louisiana, Missouri. And uh, I never actually, the funny thing is I tell people all the time, I never really liked to sing whatsoever. I mean, when I was in, um, uh, when I was younger, and I had to be in music class, I did everything I possibly could do to not sing. I said I had a sore throat or this or the other. But I was in band. I loved playing the saxophone. I was in marching band for four years. Um, I thought about doing it in in college, but I didn't. um, But I love sports. I I did sports in high school, and I went to college, and I ran track. And, I mean, it was just I I loved growing up in my small town, and and that's why the video that we did was kind of about our our hometown and, and, and the value of it and how much, you know, good comes from that town.
0: And, and, you know, that's something I love what you did with the video and all that and the song, the video, which we'll get into more as we go on That's sure. later in the show. But I do want to say that I love to see artists um, who give props to their hometown because that you don't see – I mean, you've got Darius Rucker. He's, I mean, he's from Charleston, and almost every video has some type of shots from Charleston. I love that about him. He really, you can tell that he adores Charleston, which is where he grew up at. Um, But for the most part, you don't really see that out there. So I applaud for you going back to your roots.
1: Absolutely, I love it. And there's another artist named Jonathan Brady. He's from uh, in Missouri, Crystal City, Missouri, and he wrote an amazing song called "Hometown." And it's about pretty much about you know being from a small town, and it and it is it's so mm-hmm. you know it, it doesn't matter where you grow up, but I tell you what, it's something about a small town. I tell you, I mean, it really man,
0: mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, you know, there there was a there's a sister duo. I hope I get their name right. Um, Ty Gurley, I think I got it right. I hope um, they are from North Dakota. Now that's too cold. Um, I. <laughs> I found them through a song that they that they wrote and sang called North Dakota, and it's all about North Dakota. I mean, they they actually in the video make you almost want to visit. Now, granted, it's too cold for me, but you would it really they really do highlight it. You could tell that they love where they're from. I'm gonna have to
1: check them out. That
0: sounds awesome. <laughs> so. Tell us something quirky about you. Again, I like to have fun too. We get we get serious, we get fun, we laugh, we cry, we do it all. So.
1: <laughs> well, qu- quirky would be that I am scared of mascots. Any type of mascot, from <laughs> any mascot. If you if you if I'm ever at a at a, a function, a game, if there's a mascot around, mm-hmm. I'm going the other way. I am. I'm scared to death oh, well. of any type of mascot that that has been created. And it's funny because when I was uh, in middle school, uh, we were the bull pups, and in high school we were the bulldogs. Well, I had to be a mascot, so I put the bull pup uniform on. Well, the head part got caught, and I think that's why mm-hmm. I'm scared of mascots because <laughs> it felt like ten hours, but it was about ten minutes because it got stuck. And I couldn't. It felt like I couldn't breathe. And so I, I'm not having anything oh, to do wow. with at all. <laughs> oh at wow! All. So I was, I was kind of nerdy um, when I was growing up. And so I just kind of, I'm, I'm quirky in itself. And I, and I'm, I'm probably an old nerd now. So I mean, I've got <laughs> a lot of quirky. I, I have a lot of quirkiness going on in my life. So I mean, that's just me. And that, and it's probably, it's probably coming from a small town because we're all, we're all quirky. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: What I usually like to do is talk about Some of the highs and then after we talk about that We talk about some of the lows so let's go to the highs First when you look back now At your at your life And your music career What are some of the things you look back and you're like Wow I got to do that Or I did that
1: I can say that some of the highs Were really I I didn't want to be a singer Like I said and so um, I had a chance meeting, um, with some friends at, at a, at a bar and they were doing karaoke and a friend mm-hmm. of mine, uh, she said, Hey, you know, we need somebody to come sing at our church. You know, do you sing? I was like, Yeah, kind of dabble in it a little bit. And I started yeah. singing there, and that's kind of where I started at. My best friend was pushing me when I mm-hmm. got divorced. I was kind of just on a path where I was just trying to find something in my life, and, and, and I and I started mm-hmm. singing. I mean, I sang at church, and I mean, I was like, man, I think I sound pretty decent. Oh, wow. And then I recorded a song <laughs> in a friend of mine's studio, and I was like, man, that's, that's really me. Of course, you know, when you get in the studio, they do a little bit to your voice to make it sound a little mm-hmm. bit better, but... I felt I have a unique voice. It's deep, and so it just kind of I was like, man, this is really cool. I think I really want to do this. But before that, I was mm-hmm. actually managing a rapper and and a DJ, oh, wow. and I was trying to help people. Yeah, I was trying to help people. So this rapper mm-hmm. was 14 years old. He went to high school with my son, and he actually mm-hmm. I printed a guy on Facebook, and he's a uh, he's in Austria. His name is DJ Matino, and he has done. Uh, he has spun with J Lo and Pitbull. And so I got this fourteen year old kid, Chris, to be on this compilation <laughs> rap C D. He was the only kid from you know, that was an indie artist, so to speak, that was on this art on the CD with like Diggy Simmons at the time that were popular and with Khalifa. Here's this fourteen year old kid, but he was that good. He was that good. And I'm like, Hey, I'm managing this oh, kid, wow. that's pretty cool. I mean that was, that was a highlight for me, and that's kind of when I really started liking a different side of music. I was like, you know, let me try singing some. So I started singing, mm-hmm. and it I, I I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it, and it just things just kept going for me. And there were there were some shut doors, but it kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And, and there was I, I I would say there was um like I said two hundred twenty two emails I counted them from different labels, <laughs> different things that I was trying in the industry trying to get somebody to give me a shot. And then Bible mm-hmm. Boy Records, New Jersey said, hey, we like your voice that's unique. We have a song we think you could do. And that's when mm-hmm. uh, they submitted uh, the song that I did to the Josie Music Awards in 2017, and I won it. I I never even heard of the Josie Music Awards until then. And when I won, yeah, she's it, awesome. changed, it changed my whole life. And, and, and to this day, if it wasn't for Bongo Boy Records and for, for the JMAs, I, I may have gotten to where I am now, but it would have taken longer. So I, I'm yeah. very appreciative of the people that have helped me build my career. You know, I'm not with that record label anymore, and I've just grown from it, but then I started doing collaborations with people. That really took me from zero to 100 so fast with some amazing people. So
2: yeah. I'm
1: so blessed for the Josie Music Awards and I'll say it over and over again and I'm not trying to blow smoke up their tail. I mean it's just the it's just the truth.
0: Yeah i put in we put in to cover the Josie Awards this year so hopefully we get picked for for That's one awesome. of the media companies.
1: That's awesome. They they are, you know, <laughs> Ken Josie and, and Vito and Josie's fiance, Matt, there's some amazing people, and, and they really helped the independent artists. And, and, and you know, with, with your show, you're helping all of us get the exposure that we need to try to get to another level, and even if we don't, we're so grateful that you're just giving us a platform to let people hear our music and let us talk about, like you said, talk about the highs and the lows and where we're at. Because so mm-hmm. this interview, I hope, will inspire somebody and and want them to do something more. So I mean, because I've had other yeah. people do the same to me listening to an interview.
0: Now, um, what do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself singing country singing christian just out of curiosity
1: you know i started out doing a gospel country and then it just mm-hmm. it, it seems like i flip flop flop back and forth and you know because it's almost like they go hand in hand anyway because it's, it's telling the yeah. story and uh <coughs> exactly to so I I go back and forth so i just i love both i love both but if i had to pick and I don't want God to get mad at me, but I love modern country. So, but I love my Christian music. <laughs> I love my Christian music too, because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't
0: be doing singing. I wouldn't. Yeah, because again, you know, you're, you know, I don't know of anybody out there that's like you. Um, I mean, of course, on the male version, you've got Darius Rucker, you got Jimmy Allen, but I don't know anybody that's female.
1: You don't, you don't see – one thing you don't see is a, 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 a lot uh, of African-American females singing country music. You just don't. They're out there, but you, you, don't, you don't hear about it. And so when I'm singing and, and people meet me for the first time, sometimes I can tell by the look on their face, they're like, oh, you're Catherine? You know, because I don't <laughs> think they that I was a black woman singing country music. So that's not a bad thing.
0: That's, yeah, in fact, that's probably what you would rather have because you want that surprise element. Because that's how, again, right. and you, wanna,
1: and you wanna be I different. watch, you want to kind of, yeah, you want to kind of stand out a little bit different from the norm and just have your own little niche in life. So, I I mean, I, I love it. I think it's pretty cool, actually. And then to find out, you know, I'm 54. like, you're 54. That's cool. So
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because cause that's almost like double odds against you between um, the race, between um, being a little older, being female. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you're like, you know what? It's going to take God, right? <laughs> That's
1: right? That's right. That's right. And it's true what people say. You're never too old because you're you're not. And, and you know, I've been blessed the last three years to not only get a nomination but to also win in different categories at the JMAs. And I've won some other awards,
0: too. That's awesome. And,
1: but I always say something about my age and something about God because it's true. I mean, if it wasn't for God, you know, this wouldn't be happening at all. But then, you know, Amen. age isn't anything. Age isn't anything but a number. I mean, I've, I've met some amazing yep. people that have helped me and given me guidance, and so now I try to give that to them because somebody has breathed it into me. So I want to push it out to other people.
0: <clears throat> so as we've been talking about a lot of the highs, which of course you've got quite a bit of them now, let's. I always like to flip the script script a little bit, and let's go the other way. Um, tell us some of the lows, and I've read. Your little bio that you sent me. And let's go there. Because I think, you know, one thing I want to do about our show, I don't want to just use our show to tell the struggles of chasing your dream, which I do want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about some of the struggles in life because I want, when people listen, change the break. I want God to be able to work through my show and somebody's listening and say, wow, they got through that. I can too, and that's what the show is really about: is to inspire the next generation, inspire the next person, inspire that person to say, "I can do something with my life." I don't have to be music, but I can do something with my life, and that's why I do this show. So
1: let's oh, talk about some absolutely. of those. And, and I, will well, tell you, you know, I I was married for 19 years, and I, I got divorced back in 2009, and. You know, I was just kind of down on a lot of things in life. Maybe a little bitter. Maybe, I, you know, I don't know. And, um, and again, I go back to what I was saying before about my best friend pushing me to go to church and just get involved and do some things and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, find God. You know, and and it was through singing. It was through my God. God gave me my voice. You know, and and it just I just grew from there. But I mean, it was it was rough. You know, and I, I used to tell people that, you know, when I was married, you know, life was great. I had a full mm-hmm. plate of food when I got divorced the food was still there but I had to move it around on the plate a little bit and I still got full. You know what I mean? So it's just like just because, you know, there's there's things that change in your life and you may not have the same amount of food on that plate, but you Mm -hmm. can shift it around and still fill your belly with it. So you know, I just continue to grow. I continue to pray. I continue to find God. And you know, I was at my my home church at the time, St. Charles Christian Church. I started singing there. Um, I, I really loved what was going on in that church, and, and I, I started growing a little bit more. And I was like, man, I really like to sing. You know, I went to a, a bigger church and uh, at Harvester Christian Church, which is my home church now. But then, mm-hmm. la- the you know, the past year and a half has been held with my my daughter. <laughs> Um, me and my ex oh, wow. husband had adopted a little girl uh, when she was one and a half. Her name is Angel. We never changed her name. Mm-hmm. And she's still an angel to us, but she's she, been a little devil at times. And we went through it, it. And like I said, it was a, I won't even call it a low point, it was a heart check. Mm-hmm. And, and the heart check was the fact that my daughter at 16, that we had given her everything that she could possibly want. Sometimes you got to just take the blinds down and really look at what you're giving her because. With all that stuff we gave her, there was chaos, there was drug use, there was uh, running away from home. Mm-hmm. My, my ex-husband is a police officer. Here I have a police car oh, wow. in front of my house, you know, saying, you know, where's your daughter at? Coming in my house. I've got, you know, Division of Family Services coming in my house looking in my fridge and doing all these different things. Oh, wow. and, you know, and like I said, my ex husbands is a cop. You know, how embarrassing at the, at the time it was. But I'm like, you know what? We both realize it's not embarrassing. This is what God is trying to show us and, and and he put us through this storm for a reason and we tried mm-hmm. to do everything we could possibly do to prevent her uh from from doing these things and she continued to do them she dropped out of school she she, she lied to us she she had people in, in her dad's house that wasn't supposed to be there um she ended up in a shelter because we couldn't handle her you know here here our daughter is mm-hmm. We we had given her everything. She just got a car for her 16th birthday. He took the car back. He sold it. You know, here she is in a homeless shelter. She gets kicked out of the homeless shelter because she's fighting. She ends up up at job four down (laughs) in St. Louis. She graduates with a trade, and thank God she got her high Mm -hmm. school diploma. We did everything to prevent. Um, her from becoming pregnant because we knew she was sexually active and she defied us and didn't take the thing <laughs> the, the 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 device that she was supposed to be doing and and she got pregnant and wow. here i am today
2: wow.
1: i get a call from her because she's going to be 18 in june i get a call today mm. and she's dilated to three so you know she's about to have the child here probably this weekend so i mean that's as real as it gets that that's as real as oh, it gets oh wow She's due the middle of March, and she she calls me today, and she's living down in the city with her boyfriend and, and, and uh, the, his mother, and, and it's, not good, it's not good where she's at. And we're trying to get her mm-hmm. back out here where we're at. I mean, it's, it's a hard situation, and, you know, and, and until you're a parent and you understand those storms and you've been in them, because mm-hmm. I, 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 talk, I talk to people all the time like, oh, my God, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And sometimes I, I, t- I have to take a step back, and I'm like, well, I really pray for them like I should have, because mm-hmm. now I'm in that. And I was like, I know what wow. I'm doing. So I want people to feel that, too. You know what I mean? I, I want, when I pray, yeah. I need to pray harder. And, and that's what I'm learning from this. I, when I say I'm praying for you, I need to really be praying. I mean, I need to just stop whatever I'm doing and not just say, you know, because a lot of us do it. We'll say, hey, mm-hmm. say a prayer, and we type praying. Did you pray? Probably yeah. not. We just
0: write it. I actually usually do because usually what I do because I know that I won't pray later because I'm in that crowd yeah. too. So yeah. if I write when I'm, I usually now. Granted, my my prayers are like, help this person through this situation, Amen. Okay. And I and yeah. then I say praying because because I know if I don't do it then, I'm not going to do it.
1: Yep, and, I, and I've uh, learned I from that, that. I, and I specifically now, I've learned from that, and I do. I, I take that moment. I take that moment,
2: mm-hmm. whether I'm
1: typing or I'm done typing mm-hmm. or before I type something out or before. I, I pray for that person because I, I feel that now. I, I feel those situations that people go through. It's it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. It, I mean, it's, you know, i I told somebody if I could write a book I would probably write I'd probably call it No Time to Cry because I, I don't have time to cry I just I, I just have to oh, dance wow. and I, and I pray because I mean that's that's all I have and it's and it's exhausting I remember the last time my daughter ran away from home she told me on a Thursday Hey I'm not I'm not coming home I'm going to be here and I was like You better have your tail home when I get home from work and she wasn't there
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I I mm-hmm. laid in her bed and I cried because I felt that we were going to get a call that we were going to they were going to find her somewhere and she came home wow. on a sunday she came home on a sunday i was laying in her bed and i was exhausted and all i could do was hug her and she was smelling of reeking of marijuana i mean it was just the hardest thing in my life i'm like god why are you punishing me what am I doing wrong and I was like you know what he's not punishing me he's just trying he's putting me through something and he's putting me through something specifically for a reason and, and I can't question anymore what that reason is but there's going to be a doggone good outcome of it I know
0: mm-hmm. and, and you know there's a testimony coming and let me explain um, I can relate to the story but on the other end I was your daughter um, that I started. I started. I took my first drink at 17 years old, um, <clears throat> and from that point on, I went through 19 years of addictions. Um, I quit. I drink. I quit. I drink. I quit all for 19 years until, until God healed me about 12 years ago, and I can remember. In fact, I was so far gone that I think it was. I think I was a, age 21, 22. I was part of a business. That brought God into the business And I remember I kept hearing on these audios That you'll never build this business big Unless you turn it over to God And, Amen. and the guy that was speaking the guy, the guy named Bill Britt He was telling people Look, we've never had someone get to this level with, Without God He says, But if somehow you do it I'll, you'll, he, says, he says, I give the mic to people who actually do the work so if you feel like you did it without God, then you're, you'll still get this mic. And and he joked because he knew he knew nobody would ever take that mic. He joked and said, and who knows, maybe you'll give some some of the heathens some hope anyway. I remember hearing that, and I remember going to the person that brought me on board on that bu- in that business, and I told the guy, and and he didn't know me b- very long at this point. I was like Tracy, I'm going to be the first to build this big without God. Amen. And all he could think of, and, 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 I, and I said, I'm going to do it without God. And all Tracy could think about was, um, he didn't know what to say, because he knew if, if he if had put it down, I'd have quit. So yeah. all that he knew to say to me was, if you think you can do it without God, Go for it. That's thought, Because he he told me years later he said I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to blow you out. <laughs> yeah. you, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, he says I, he said that was the only thing I could think of saying at that time. Well, that was just enough juice for me. Okay. He says if I think and it's funny. Three, four, five years later, at the at at one of the business functions that they have, I got saved. Mm. So that's where God can work. It's a now, granted, I was. Just because I was saved doesn't mean I was delivered from alcohol, because <laughs> that was still heavily in my life. I thought it was gone, and then I went right back to it. Then it was gone, then I went right back to it, and it, I destroyed my first marriage from it. Then, on top of that, I'm in my second marriage, and I al- in the first five years of this marriage, I almost destroyed it because of alcohol until God healed me 12 years ago. And ever since that, I told God that, that if He took that desire away from me, I will sing His tune at the top of the rooftop, no matter who listens or not. And that's what I've been doing ever since.
1: That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. You know, and it's, it, I, I always say, you know, whether or not the path makes sense, you know, we need to follow God. I mean, we just have to. And a lot of times, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like this, this, you know, like I said, I question things about my daughter. It didn't make sense to me, but I have to stay on this path, and and I just need to follow God. You know, it's like a road trip.
2: Yep.
1: It's like a, so like a never never ending road trip.
0: <clears throat> so, well, what I'm, are some I'm, of I'm the I'm you, proud, know. I'm proud
1: of you I'm proud of you for your journey that you've you've been on, and and that you're helping people, and, and that you you're very transparent about your life and your struggle because that's what people need to to try to do more of is be authentic and and help people and and not hide behind walls and you know tear tear those walls down and just be open. I mean, well, so if people yeah. judge you, they judge you. I mean, at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Oh, I
0: mean, believe you know, me. I believe me, I get judged all the time, but I don't, again, I, I remember before I started the Chris and Sandy show, but way before that, I've always talked on Facebook about everything. I was all, I've been as transparent as I can. Um, and I remember before we launched the Chris and Sandy show, um, one, one of my friends from Nashville, we were talking, I was like, what advice would, cause he, I think he did like, like a podcast like 10 years ago. Um, so I was like, what advice would you give? And he says, the number one thing as a host podcast is just be authentic. He says, because what that will do is the right audience will come. He says, if you're not authentic, the you might get an audience, but it won't be the audience that God wants you.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's all I try to do. Again, and, I, and see, I see our podcast as a dialogue between us and the artists. I, I don't. I don't look at it as an interview per se. You know, I, I don't want to be the. I don't want to be the Barbara Walters of country music. I want to <laughs> be the. I want to be the Oprah of country music,
3: because when
0: the difference is Barbara tries to say "gotcha," I don't want to do that. Oprah puts her story into yours. That's what I want to yeah. do. Because you know, and that's what and I <laughs> and that's who I admire to be for this side. Because I, when you hear Oprah do interviews, when they say something, oh yeah, this happened to me, and then and now she's relatable. It's true, it's, it's very <clears throat> true. And that's, and that's what we and that's what we try to do um, with our show and everything. So now that we talked about a little bit about the heaviness of your story. Tell us some of the struggle sides of chasing the dream. Because here's the part that I think people miss. A lot. You, you hear a lot of people say, you know, will tell people, go get a real job. Go do this. I, I, I've, I mean, so many adults have stolen dreams of young people. And I, and I cringe on this because, you know, you've got parents who, that they want their kids to be a doctor, a lawyer, a this, a that. And I've got friends of mine, and I tell, this on almost, I tell this story almost every episode, but I've got friends of mine that's been in their career for 15-plus years who if you sit down with them, they're miserable. And when you ask them why, it's because their parents pushed them this way, but this was not their passion. I always try to tell that story because I want parents to say, look, you don't have to agree with the route that your child is going, but you need to be there and say, you know what? If you think this music thing can work, I'll stand with you. And you know what? If you really believe they won't make it, well, when they fall, just be their shoulder. That's what they need. But not this, I told you so. And, and again, I, 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 I watch Facebook. I watch these parents, and I get so frustrated because, oh, I, I just wish he'd give up on music. I wish he'd give up on this creative thing. You know, there's no money there. And I'm like, what if you're stealing – the vision that God gave that person. <clears throat>
1: I, I agree. I mean, they're, they're, as an independent artist, we all know we make jokes about it on Facebook with one another. I mean, there's not a lot of money to be made, and, and um, some people, I mean, I just love doing it. And, and I always make, yep. it's not really a joke. I, I went to a Dave Matthews concert, a friend of mine had really good seats, and, and there was uh, four black ladies singing back background vocals, and I'm like, man, I want to be her. I mean, I said if I could go on tour with Dave Matthews, I'm in. And and, and I told, and they're okay. like, would you want to be an opener? And I said, you know what, that'd be cool too. I said, but if I could just sing background vocals for a band, I, I'd be in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for a you know a band <laughs> to touring, I would be in heaven because that's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about just always being at the forefront of the stage, if you really love singing, you got to put in the late mm-hmm. Feel Like for me, I don't do gigs. Like I see all my friends that are out every night, mm-hmm. like Trace Thompson, every weekend he's doing something when he can. And, I, and, man, I have such an appreciation for people like that. You know, I don't have those mm-hmm. opportunities. But if, if it called me, I mean, a lot of the things that I do are for, on the Christian side. You know, I, I've done events and stuff like yeah. that. But for modern country, I haven't been blessed yet with that. And and I hope one day yeah. that happens and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I just love to sing. You know, and, and, and I think some people, you know, don't don't see that vision. They they have to they have to do more. They have to want more. It's not just about like even in mm-hmm. church, you know, we always say it's not about us on that stage and we're singing. You know, it's, it's about mm-hmm. so much more. We want to touch people. It's not about who's singing lead on a song. It's about us all being one voice and singing for God. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes people yep. get lost in that saying, look at me, look at me, you know, with their mm-hmm. arms open. And it's like, it's got to be about everybody.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think some people forget too. I see people say, I'm singing. And that's what I do, and I disagree. If they're really into it, like they say they are, it's not about singing. It's about making people feel something.
2: That's oh, I, what it's I about. I
1: agree. I I agree. You know, I, it's funny. I told my friend Amy McAllister. Not too long ago, because she, she does so many awesome business ventures uh, with with for people for inspirations and and healing and helping people. And I said I want us to always be more than music, and that and I, that's what I want to be known as. I want I want every independent artist to be known for more than just music, because we have yeah. to be because. We are indie artists, and we don't make a lot of money. There has to be that other side that people see, like this, this conversation we're doing. We want to inspire people. We want to give people hope, and people go from fear to having hope about things in the industry because it, it, it's a hard industry to be in. It really is. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of money to be made. There's just not I I a lot of people don't know, but I'm very transparent on Facebook about it, but I used to, up until this past year – Every Saturday and Sunday, for the most part, you know, for 365 days out of the year, you know, what those weekends I was mopping floors in a bar. I mean, and that was for extra money for my recording fees, travel, whatever. But I put that money aside mm-hmm. when I first started doing that for seven years. It was for my youngest son in college, I'd give him the extra money or whatever. Yeah. And but I mean, you have to make those little sacrifices. It may not seem like a lot, like, oh, she mopped the floor, big deal. Well, it meant a lot to me because. I worked Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, I never had a break. And Sunday, I'm getting up at 5 a.m., going and mopping the floors. You think I wanted to clean up vomit out of the toilet? No, but I had to, and I wasn't mad about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's like Sandy and I, to keep our media company afloat, because, of course, right now, the media company is not making money. In fact, we're putting, I mean, the little system that we're part of, we put money in it, into several other things. We put money into it. So we're putting money every month into this, but we're getting nothing back. So right now, in order to live, we do a lot of gig work. We do delivery, um, delivery stuff. We go, we do, deliver restaurant stuff and all that. So we do everything we can to stay afloat, but we also do it in a way that keeps it flexible. So that if if an artist needs an interview at nine thirty p.m., you know we can do it because <laughs> you know most it, you know. Most hosts And I, and and I appreciate night interview. 30. I
1: mean you're, you're like you said you're making a sacrifice, but you know what it's such a good feeling to know that you're you're doing the extra work to make it work, you know?
0: Yeah. Well I mean this is our, this is our vision. This is you know, <clears throat> for Sandy and I, you know, this ain't a hobby for us. This is either we're gonna you know, there's that song Free and Easy by Dirk, Dirk Bentley. Where, that mm-hmm. talks about in the, in the song um, um, that I could make a million or wind up broke free and easy down the road I go. Every time I hear that song and I hear that line, I think of us because that's where we are. We're either going to make this thing big, New Country Media, or we're going to flop because we, ha- we don't have a plan B. I don't want a plan B. This is – you know, I remember Allison Steele, when we interviewed her from Two Steel Girls back in 2014, I remember I asked her, what advice would she give up-and-coming artists? I'll never forget her answer. Back then, she was her and her daughter were full-time. So, so she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but I have to answer it this way. She goes, if your heart... Will allow you to do anything else outside of music. Go do that and let music be a hobby. She says, she says, those of us that are full time kills our body. We have to eat different than everybody else. We have to sleep different than everybody else. Our whole families have to sacrifice. She goes, everybody has to pay a price here. She goes, so if you're not ready to go all in, then go do something else. Don't and just keep. Uh, just keep that this as hobby. She says, but if your heart won't let you do anything else outside of that, then go all in. And that's where we are. Or you know, I really, I was one that liked music, but I didn't love music and all that. I was one of these big. When Cindy and I married, I was big in the motivational um, tapes and all that. And I was one of them that believed if you listen to music in your car, you didn't, you weren't serious about success. So when Sandy and I married, she was just the opposite. She didn't, she didn't listen to any of this type of stuff, but she was hard, hard, hardcore country music fan. So we get married. There's a little problem. It's like Houston. we got a problem here <laughs> because we both can't have our way. So we finally found a medium in the middle where we listen to 50% audio, 50% music. And that worked for us for a long time until she, I guess she rubbed off on me because now I'm all, I'm like, now granted, I still love my audios. We still grow our marriage through audios and videos and all that. So I still believe in all the motivational stuff, but I'm a huge music fan now. So she rubbed off on me. So I'm so much of a music fan now that I'm like, when, when, when I remember when Allison said that back in 2014, I'm like, that's where I am now. I don't know if I could do anything else now. New country oh, yeah. media either has to work or we will just be the one and go broke. It just has to.
1: But that, you know, like I said, it's an awesome thing to to do what you love and make those sacrifices. And I mean, when I was mopping them floors, I was in there singing. So I thought, you know, to me, it's like, practice, mm. you know, I'm going there and mop the floor, and it, it didn't even take. It seemed like I was there 15 minutes, and I was there two hours. But you know, I was sitting there singing <laughs> the whole time. So I mean, yep. it, it all worked out for me.
0: That is awesome. And you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to listen to your song, and we're going to talk about your song when we come back because I love the song. I love, love, love the song. Sounds good. How's that sound? All right, thanks. We'll talk to you in just a second.
3: All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at the thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry.
2: The buildings are along,
0: along. Love that. So what inspired that song?
1: Actually, it was written by Ronnie Stoops. And it's funny, Ronnie and I grew up in, you know, Louisiana, Missouri. He was actually from a mm. smaller town. It was called Boncel. And he actually... Went to high. We went to the same high school together, so that was kind of our town. But uh, it was the funny thing was, Ryan was a rocker guy. He he was Mr. Stud guitar player all through high school. I, I think he was born with a guitar in his hand. But he's a couple years older than me, so he was in a few grades uh, before me. And we actually connected. Um, there was a an event back in our hometown celebrating the history of our town uh, a couple years ago. And so we ended up doing a couple songs um, at the event back in our hometown. Actually, on our high school football field, we had a, a thing going on with the stage and all that good stuff. And so he kind of said, hey, we need to stay connected. And I said, yeah, man, we need to. And, it, and we laughed about how we never really talked in high school and stuff and and all that. And so we just kind of stayed in touch a little bit. And so then uh, the Joseph the Music Awards came up, and we needed a guitar player, to they wanted mm-hmm. to do something cool for the national anthem, and I said I've got the perfect guy for you. Huh. Um, I said maybe you could check him out. So I sent them some information about him, and he got to do his thing. So he got on the stage. And I said, he, oh wow! He, he, he tore it up. So the, the cool thing was, Chris. Uh, we actually, me and my best friend, and him and his wife, Stacy, we actually all stayed in the same hotel together, and so the day, I think it was the day after the show, we were getting ready to leave, his wife said, you guys really need to do a song together about your hometown, and we were kind of like, sure. yeah, that'd be kind of cool, so when we left there, i it's probably, I don't even know if it was on the ride home, I was texting him, or maybe the next day, but I said, hey, do you have those lyrics yet, and we kind of laughed about it, but then, the cool thing was he said he was having kind of a writer's block. He had some of it done. And then he said mm-hmm. he went and prayed about it. And he said everything just flowed. And I got those lyrics, and I couldn't believe it. And we went to Nashville, and he had been in recording studios before, but that was his first experience going to Nashville to record. And and he did mm-hmm. The instrumentation, you know, uh, the guitar parts in the song and stuff, and Daniel Dennis at Prime Cut Studio added all his magic, and I had uh, Angela Hurt on background vocals, and I tell you what, we were just amazed at how the song came out, and I was just blown away. The lyrics are so true, Chris, to everything about our hometown, And when Mm -hmm. we did the music, I said, you know, I thought to myself, we need to do a music video, too. So we actually shot the music video first. It kind of, you're supposed to usually do the song first, but the timing was goofy. So we actually shot the video first, and the guys at Peak Media here where we live, uh, they actually Mm -hmm. did a heck of a job. I wrote the storyboard for it. And actually, that was my little cousin who played it, the little girl. And so, because I always, when I was little, I tied a jacket around my waist and stuff. So, I was trying to do, like, little cool things, what I did when I was growing up and kind of the things we both saw. But the, the lyrics that Ronnie did were just totally amazing. And it was about hope. You know, and that's what our town is. It's, you know, was a small town. It used to be a thriving town many, many years ago, and it kind of lost its way economic-wise, but it was a great town to live in, and it still is. I mean, it, there's the struggles of a small town, but it, it, when uh, people see the video, we had so many people. We had 10,000 views, I think, in a few weeks. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Oh, wow. Maybe in, yeah, it, it was like 10,000 YouTube views. It was crazy. And then all the people that were – the older people – sending me private messages about it made me cry, it gave me hope. I loved growing up there. That's what we wanted to capture. That's exactly what we wanted to capture is just people (laughs) having hope and being excited about growing up where they they were born.
0: That is awesome. Um, I really love that the people pay tribute to to their roots because, like I said, you know, I'm not saying people don't do it in this day and time, but you just see less of that.
1: Yeah, you do. You do. And and I I think we captured everything we possibly could um, with this video. And and the song, like I said, is just amazing. And uh, we submitted it to the Josie Music Awards this year for uh, Video of the Year and for Modern Country Song of the Year. And Mm -hmm. it just shows the cool things about the town uh, that that we remember. And the bridge, you know, we had this Mm -hmm. historical bridge that was built in 1928. And the cool thing about that is I was adopted – and my my adopted father and mother they they were they were an older couple and my adopted <laughs> father actually helped build that bridge. He was a part of the crew of oh, wow. that bridge. And uh my, my father, who was living today, he was born here's the funny thing, he was born in eighteen ninety eight and, and everybody's like, No way. So one of the funny <laughs> things was when I was in high school ran track, we would have to run the cemetery. So and it's kinda of weird. I would say, Look, there's my dad. You know, he was his his race, but I wanted people to see he was born in eighteen ninety eight and so they were like, Oh my gosh. So but I just thought that was kinda of cool that that history of that town, my dad was a part of that. I I thought that was just so awesome.
0: Oh wow. That is really cool i love I love the stories, and that's what I think makes an artist is um you you got singers and you got artists, an artist knows how to tell a story and I agree. because stories yeah, I is, stories is what people feel you know you i mean have you ever been been at a concert and and someone's on stage and you just didn't feel it, and then somebody else yeah. gets on stage and it just Sends goosebumps down. That's an artist.
1: I know, and that's and that's what I try to do every time. You know, I don't feel like I'm trying to be a performer. I'm just feeling the music. And even when I'm worshiping in church, you know, people will come up to me and say, "Oh, I love." You know, I, I kind of I cringe sometimes. They'll say, "I love how you perform." I was like, "Oh, I wasn't performing." I was I was I was doing God's work, you know. I mean, I, I so when I'm up there, I'm I'm just feeling God. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to showboat. I'm not trying to do anything but be who I am and who God created me to be. And that's to try to inspire people and um and and just just enjoy life. And and it's funny because uh, you know I I think you may know Trace Thompson. Um he uh he's he's a, he's from Greenwood, Indiana. And he texted me the other day. We were you know, doing some, talking about some different stuff, and, and, and he had texted me. And a lot of times I'll take these text messages and I'll write them on a post-it note. And I've got a lot of post-it notes, and I'll pull them out from <laughs> time to time. But one thing he wrote me the other day was, he goes, I love your happiness and how you embrace life. I'm very thankful for you. And, and that right there, that's all that that That's, that's so all From somebody like him, him and his wife Dana are such awesome people. <clears throat> And I, I love
0: them to death. And you know, when I talk to people, other Christians, one thing I've learned through the years, I used to be one of them Bible thumpers, because <clears throat> when cause when you're a new believer and all that and all that, you feel like everybody's got to hear this. Oh
1: yeah. And you and, and you, you almost like and oil. you almost <laughs> well, and
0: yeah and you almost throw the Bible at at them. Well, so what I've learned through the years is. If you're God inspired, people will ask. Yeah. And that's where and that's where now if someone comes to you and says, Wow, like what you just like what you just read, you're just always got this full of light, full of joy. What is it with you? Well now guess what? They just opened the door for you to talk about God. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you went to that same person and says God knows what you're doing, then they're going to turn away from God. And, and you see that all the time with the way people preach on Facebook. Again, nothing, if you've got a platform, nothing r- wrong with preaching on Facebook, oh, I'm okay with that. but you've got to be careful that that you're not saving one person and you're pushing ten away. because exactly. <laughs> then because do- then are you really doing God's work? I, I just you know, you know, but if you show love and you show that you're inspired, and you show that you're happy and you're joyous, and people see that you do go through life, but you go through it in a way that most people don't go through it, they're going to ask questions. They're going to want to live like you, and that's what it's all about.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I always try to, not because I have to, it's because I want to. I always want to do more. It's not just about me, you know, um, once a month, going to my church and, and singing on stage. I want to do more outside of church. You know, I volunteer at other churches and sing, but I also do, mm-hmm. the, you know, the cool things like the Operation Christmas Child. And, and you know, mm-hmm. in a different events, i was speaking at. You know, I just spoke at my church the last year about me uh, being adopted and telling my adoption story. And I, I love to inspire people, but I don't I don't push anything off on people. And I love when people message me and say, "Can you specifically pray for me today, or can you pray for this person?" I'm like, "Man, God is really working. God yep. is always exactly. encouraging me. He's always encouraging me. You know, we've all been lost in our lives, and God's still waiting for us. He, he's right there."
0: Yes, he is. So here's a two-part question. You've probably been asked the first part before, but I <laughs> bet you probably haven't been at, you probably haven't been asked the second. But I love this question. Uh, is if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you write about?
3: Hmm.
1: If I could co-write with anybody. I would have to say, man. I have to say, Charlie Pride. Oh well, wow. that's a good one. I, 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 you know, it's funny because, my, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because when I was growing up, uh, my mother, my adopted father, passed away when I was five years old, and so my mother, mm-hmm. my adopted mother, raised me and my brother. So I thought forever because my mother always played Charlie Pride on the radio that he could have been my daddy. So because <laughs> she just loved Charlie Pride, <laughs> she <didn't laughs> talked about anybody, Charlie Pride. I'm like, I wonder if he's my dad. <laughs> I just don't know it. I'm like, maybe there's some money I'm going to get when I get older. <laughs> but I, I've i always liked Charlie. I don't know what the song would be about. It would be a good country song, but maybe it would be about family. But, I mean, I, I've always loved mm-hmm. Charlie Pride.
0: <clears throat> now, if you had a magic wand and um, what you're about to say would come true, where, were, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it this way, I always like to be clear. I, on February 11th um, this year was the five-year anniversary of us asking that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and she's almost living to the T of what she said five years ago on our show. And – or what, I guess it wasn't a Kristen Sandy show then; been. It was New Country Buzz show. Um, but she but – she, is living almost to a T because I believe what you put out is what you will come if you do the work. So if you had a magic wand, where do you want to be in five years?
1: In five years, I want to be on a level of being a type of motivational speaker and also on just another level of my music and all that being just molded together to be able to go on tour with somebody and maybe open for people and have a platform where I could be a motivational speaker for whatever whatever it is in life. But I would love mm-hmm. to be able to go out and do things and not have to have a full-time job and just be out and embrace people and, and help churches that are, are, are broken and, and help build those mm-hmm. churches up and just do different things and, and and help kids, too. I mean, I would love to do something where I could help children. And, and now that my mm-hmm. daughter is having a child, I want to be able to do something in, in that aspect, too. So there's so many. Yeah. That one has to be a big one because there's a lot of things that I know I need to do in a short amount of time because I'm at the end of my lifeline, so to speak. You know, I mean, I could live to be 80 years old, but the energy right now, for me, I feel like from 54 to about in my 60s is where is the hot spot for me. So there's a lot yeah. of stuff that I can do in a short window of time, and life goes by yep. fast. So you, I may say 60-something, but that 60 is going to come real quick.
0: Yep, and, you know, that's awesome. And because we're a family show, we always have our little boy ask, and he always likes to ask one question to the artist. So, she's, so Sandy's about to get him on because she's listening. She just can't really talk because of our little one right now.
3: <laughs> yes i'm popping out here just i've been having to take care of our almost one-year-old tonight she's wanting mommy tonight but here's christopher <laughs> uh, hi catherine what's your favorite I, food my favorite food i like man you know i have a lot christopher what you know what i gonna turn what's your favorite food
1: Uh, pizza. Hmm. I like what kind of pizza? (laughs) Pepperoni? Cheese? He
0: likes pepperoni.
1: Yes. (laughs) I like, you know what, I kind of like Chinese food, but then I like like other stuff, too, so I really don't have, I used to like steak, but not so much, but I like pizza, too, so Mm -hmm. when I, you know, hey, Christopher,
2: Yes. Okay. Bye.
1: <laughs> you're
2: leaving? <laughs> He's quick now. He
1: is quick. Okay. Bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's I, funny. I love, That's... I love
1: kids. You know what? If life you never like know. That,
0: perfect. And you never know what's gonna happen when you're live, right?
1: Right. <laughs> okay.
2: Bye. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: I wasn't expecting that, but hey, you
3: know. (laughs) He always does it quick like that.
0: (laughs) He'll just say
3: bye.
0: (laughs) So if you had a friend that was just starting out, what advice would you give them to hang in there with music?
1: Uh, uh, Something that I actually talked about and I did a, a video is about patience, that you have to be patient because for every door that was shut, I got matter and matter and matter as a hornet. And then when mm-hmm. I started talking about it and God came in my life, I was like, it's going to come. And it, and it came and it, it just, it was tuck and roll, pop up, and I was gone. And if you can't be patient, and if you think you're trying to chase some money, you better try to do something
2: mm-hmm. else.
1: Because it ain't about mm-hmm. the money. And, and, it's, and it's about, you know, relationships with people and, I'll tell you this mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, I met a guy, a singer, and I hope you have him on, on your show. He, he probably has a very amazing story. His name is Terry Mackner. And mm-hmm. I met him backstage at the JMAs this past year, and he's a Christian, and the first thing he talked about was God. And I was like, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. doggone cool. That's, that's pretty doggone cool. And I'm not knocking any country singer, because I know Trace Thompson talks about God a lot too, but there's not a lot of guys that talk about God first. And, and he was back there, and we were just talking about Christ and, and cool things. And and now him and I have become fast friends. And and he's he's an amazing guy. And I've tried to help him. And he's like, oh my God, thank you so much. He said, you don't have to thank me, brother. You know, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do what somebody else has done for me. You know, Natalie yeah. Jean has helped me. You know, do some things. You know, gave gave me guys about the industry. So I'm I'm just trying to give that to somebody else. You know, and I, I want to spread Amen. that love to other people. So that's what you do. You got you got to spread the love with other people. Because if you don't. You're not. You're not going to make it in this business if you don't help each other. Because I see so many people mm-hmm. that are so petty and they're all about themselves, and I try to stay away from that. You know, and um, and it's funny because uh, Trace's Trace's wife. You know, she told me one time. She said, you know. We always hear God puts everybody in our lives for a certain reason, even the bad people, and that's true. I mean, it's really <laughs> yep. and it helps you grow. And I and I'll never forget forget that she texted me that one day, and it's so true. We mm-hmm. always hear God puts everyone in our lives for a reason, even the bad people. And so, yep. I mean, th- there we go. And and they're they're sprinkled <laughs> around, and you know, we got to help them too because you know what, it exactly. it'll, it'll be an amazing story.
0: Yep. And as we end the show tell everybody how they can reach out to you
1: if you google kathleen shipley music that's my website so kathleenshipleymusic.com and uh, i have a reverse foundation page it's kathleen shipley as well so if you you really just go to my website um and and click there you can find everything about me and and kind of what i'm what i have going on i'm really excited about uh becoming uh, on the roster with uh Publicity Nation here So I'm really excited about that You'll start seeing some things soon That Jill's going to be posting about what I'm doing And I'll be going to Nashville April the 4th To record a new Christian song um, Called Your Love Is Enough Written by actually oh, my, awesome. old worship, my old worship leader uh, Kristen Rose was my old worship pastor So she co-wrote the song With Drew Miller who is in Florida So I'm really excited about that song that's coming up And uh, I'll be submitting that as well As a uh, uh, submission for the jmas for september that is really awesome and
0: we loved having you on the show and we look forward to having you back down the road to get some updates
3: i would love
1: to be back and i would love to hopefully in five years from now come back and say man you were on it you were so right uh, and i'll calling and <laughs> saying hey i'm on tour right now chris can i call you back
0: <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to hearing that call too
1: that's right. Hey, you know what? And I appreciate you and what you guys are doing, and, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I appreciate your time. You guys are a blessing. You really are.
0: Well, we appreciate it, and we will definitely talk to you real soon.
1: All right, Chris. Tell Christopher I said good night, and I'm going to come have pizza with him one day. All
0: right, right, will do. And you have a blessed night. You too. You take care. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show today. is really awesome. Go check her out. Go check her stuff out. Um, You can go to our website and check check some stuff out. Anyway, also go to newcountrybuzz.com. We got over 200 artist profiles in there. We got over 300 artist news pages within our site. So go check everything out, and we will see you tomorrow.